0: wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives.
1: You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kasab.
0: Welcome to A Quirky Journey. Today, I've got two of my favorite people, not just one, two of them. Woohoo! Oh. come with Angel within. How's it going, guys?
1: Oh, good. You I've too. got two of my favourite people too. <laughs> yeah,
2: me
3: too. Uh, Who's, who group is hug. <laughs> ah. Don't tell Dylan I said that. Yeah. Uh, we love <laughs> Dylan, Dylan too. <laughs> Dylan's here too. How's Dylan? Hi, Dylan.
2: <laughs> tell
0: me what she said.
2: I
3: said
0: hi. I love He's yeah. so cute. At yeah. the. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're in Byron at the moment. Where are you, Malam?
3: Yeah, I'm in Malampindi. So I What's made. What's the weather p- like today? Uh, it's it's uh, a little bit overcast. Okay. But nice.
0: Uh, of course. Yeah, it is. so we don't oh. we don't
3: really get hit with the winter up here. So we're happy. Uh, yes. Beautiful here
1: today. <laughs> I got clear blue skies today. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Amazing. Sitting by the open door. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a bit overcast here in the Blue Mountains and a little bit cold, but not too bad. I've got my daughter's birthday tomorrow, so we're hoping to win. And it my daughter's of.
1: birthday tomorrow, too. Wow. Wow. Oh, okay. wow. It's Happy a surprise birthday. for India. Yeah.
0: India's not supposed to know Joe. She's I'm not sure. home. Oh, okay. She's,
1: She's at work. <laughs> She's having a surprise Good. 21st party. Wow. oh that's
0: lovely that's great elise there's so much to talk about you we started talking about what we're going to talk about and we should have recorded that bit as an entirely different podcast before this and, uh, hey what what we've been seeing a lot um as we travel around the country or people who are in our community in our gut health group um there seems to be this kind of uh, worry about doing things right in terms of getting healthy and feeling like all the things need I to be really in
2: for someone
0: to actually heal. And um, we're just talking uh, when we were in Byron Bay. We're talking about how something like that is actually uh, not going to help a person heal. And there are so many factors I have to consider. Uh, is Dylan alright?
3: Yeah, he wants to um, say hi to you guys. Oh, oh let him okay. say hi. That's okay. Um, come on, Bill. Come and say hi. <laughs> Hi! Hi!
2: Hello! Dylan. Hi!
1: How are you going? Hey, going. What are you doing today?
3: You're gonna go play with a friend. And then go play with a friend.
2: Oh,
1: All right, that's nice. good. Wow! You have fun. we bye. That's good.
0: Awesome. Dylan is Elise's 17 year old son, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 Love
3: it. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning, Elise. Okay, Dylan's going to listen. Oh, he's
0: going to help too. Okay. Okay. So, um, should we pause until Dylan is. uh,
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Hey babe, I know, that.
0: All right, so we're back. Dylan is <laughs> happily sitting in his room, I assume, playing with some kind of toy or. <laughs>
3: he's, he's not locked in a cupboard. He's not locked in a cupboard. <laughs> get me out of here, I,
1: I, I really remember those times where you had to be constantly thinking of another activity for them. Yeah. yeah. It's busy. Yeah.
0: Busy time of life. Yeah, uh, where were we? (laughs) I was was saying that um, it it seems to have like this attitude of getting everything right, getting Mm. all the tests done, um, worrying about having all these different diseases in you, like and the heavy metal toxicity and the parasites and all that kind of stuff. It starts getting really, really overwhelming, and Mm. people stress out so quickly. And we we are seeing that it is negatively affecting their health and uh, taking energy away from he- their healing journey. And we were talking about this um, when we saw each other in Byron and you had a lot of practical tips and clear thinking on this topic. So we thought it would be great to just have a podcast on, on this and to chat about it. So um, this yeah. is what we're doing today. Do you wanna kick us off in your top one tip Elise and the, th- the area that you're seeing happening the most causing stress for people?
3: Yeah, sure. And this is why I love doing podcasts with you guys because I get excited about something, and you're like, "Okay, let's do a podcast <laughs> about it." And there's nothing better than talking about something that's really feels really um pertinent to you in the and then you're really excited about. So yeah. hopefully, we don't run over time on this one. Ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something that I've been chatting about to some of my clients lately is just really thinking about intro in terms of whether or not it's necessary so um i know i get a lot of people come to me that say well i went and saw another gaps practitioner and they just told me to spend you know a week on intro and it wasn't really important and then i can clearly see that they they did really need intro so there are definitely so many cases where intro is such an important part of the healing process on gaps but I'm also seeing that there's a lot of cases where people are feeling like intro is this gold standard of something they need to do to achieve any healing Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something I'm just really wanting to um, explain to people that it isn't. So, and this is the way Dr Natasha talks about intro as well is that only certain people need to do intro in certain situations and that's when, it's necessary to heal and seal the gut lining in that way to get um, the healing that they're looking for. But full gaps in itself is such a healing diet that we really can't look past that in for people who, um, you know, that have really busy families that are trying to do intro and Coming quite a big stress on their family life okay uh, so i
0: 'll just, I'll just want to clarify to the listeners who are new to the idea of gaps and intro and full yeah. gaps. intro gaps is the most strict form of gaps. It has uh, six stages that six yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six yeah. stages, which then if you 've gone through all these stages, you graduate to full gaps you 've <laughs> kind of managed to do all the all the stages and you 've healed. And um, because it seems like a linear approach, it seems like you start... With you know, the earliest phase of gas the earliest phase of intro and then we move on to full gaps. You're saying that people feel that they have to go through the whole journey going back to the strictest form of gaps before they find any healing. Is that what
3: Yeah, that's okay. that's exactly right. Okay. And I'm seeing people who will go get on you know, go through the stages onto full gaps and then see some kind of regression or an issue still not healed and there's always that talk of okay, I've got to go back to intro, I've got to go back to stage one and Um, So there seems to be this idea in all of the GAPS communities that it has to be intro, that is the only way you're going to heal and if you don't see all the healing, you need to go back and start again and you can't finish intro until you've seen Mm -hmm. all the healing. So that's not really the case. Mm -hmm. And the approach you take, the way you decide whether or not intro is right for you, It comes down to, first of all, the symptoms, of course, and the kinds of issues you're dealing with, but it also comes down to your family and your life. Yeah. So if trying to do intro is causing that much stress that you're going to be pushed into adrenal fatigue, then the benefits are not outweighing the risks there. So... It needs to be approached in a way that is always of benefit. So that doesn't mean at times it's not going to be hard because intro is and there are times that people feel sick and um, have all these symptoms symptoms of detox that come with intro and, and that's normal. But if it's causing a lot of stress on your life and on your family, then there are ways to go about it that are more beneficial to healing where it's not causing so much stress and you're taking an approach to get that healing that, um, that yeah, that isn't causing so much stress.
0: I'll I'll just go with an example of something I saw in the um, gut health chat group that we had that, the I for our program where this um uh, lady was asking on behalf of a friend of hers who has eczema she said she has severe eczema she's been hospitalized and she's a single mom of two and she's been dealing with eczema for a very long time and she's on steroid creams and she wants to get off the steroid creams but every time she does she gets uh, an inflammation response and the eczema gets much much worse and yeah she seems, her body seems to be addicted to the steroid creams and,
3: yeah that's a big problem the, yeah. the way the body ad- adapts to so the topical steroids,
0: yeah. And um, she was saying, you know, what can we, what can she do, you know, like with what would heal her with the food? And I was thinking, my God, like she's a single mom of two who's dealing with severe eczema. And I can't even begin to imagine how difficult her life is before, mm. before even thinking about putting a new item in the cupboard, you know, just like yeah. a, buying a new type of vegetable that she hasn't cooked with before, even yeah. cooking. And um, so from there, this um, to say, hey, you know, um, going to GAP's intro will be very, very helpful. Yeah, it definitely could be very helpful, but it's definitely not achievable for someone like that, I would imagine. And exactly. it would add a lot of stress. Yeah. So, so then um, what do you counsel people then on um, getting their life in order and simplifying it so that they can go on this journey a bit more easily? Is this where they start?
3: Absolutely, that is absolutely where they start because that's a perfect example where gaps intro would not would not be a benefit in that life when there's when it would be causing that much more stress. And when it comes to the way our immune system responds, stress, I I really think like I I've been saying it all the time now that stress trumps all. That if there's a lot of stress, then you're not going to see the healing that you want to see. And I, I'm really starting to see in my practice now and you know as a practitioner and as other practitioners would know you learn. You just keep learning and that's what I'm doing the, the whole time I'm practicing is I am just I'm continually learning every day. And, um, and I used to put more weight on intro than I do now. and that's just something I've learned in my experience as a practitioner. That um
0: this that is a figurative really... weight, you mean like that you don't actually put on weight.
3: No. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, just I to did. To people. <laughs> Not the literal weight. Unless you need to. The literal, I did, yeah, yeah I needed out. to. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, so just putting that um importance on intro. Um yeah. I really I really truly see now that dealing with the stress first, I think oh, yeah. that, that's when you start gaps. You start gaps when you start going, okay, how am I going to reduce some stress in my life, get out in nature more, get out in the sunshine more, um, you know, bring my schedule back so I'm not busy, busy and rushing around all the time. That's starting gaps. That's starting to see how you can change your life and reduce that stress. Mm. So then you can have room to begin changing things in the kitchen. And who knows which
1: things are really helping the most. Like I know when we started intro, like you said, we also pulled right back on our schedule and stayed home and, you know, took things out of the calendar and rested and had picnics and laid in the sun and walked every day in the sunshine and swam and, you know, just like completely cut. And also the toxic stress, like we got rid of all the, chlorine out of our water and uh, um, you know we really cut down on any toxins in the honey products so yeah. it was it's yeah it was definitely de-stressing in so many ways um, so it wasn't I always say to people it wasn't just the food no. it's a very big part of it but it
3: was so much more yeah and food, uh, food
0: is sort of a commitment to your health yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. absolutely and food seems to be definitely the main part of the conversation when we talk about gaps and um and and for really good reason it Mm. is so important and by having this like opening up this conversation I know that none of us want to kind of say well you know the food doesn't matter because my gosh I know it does yeah that's right (laughs) I see what it does so it's so important but it needs to be done with these other things in mind that Mm. are just as if not more important when it comes to how how gaps plays a role in your life. You know, it's a protocol on a piece of paper, but it's playing a role in our lives. And when you don't want to heal on gaps and then realise you're left with, you know, psychological issues when it comes to food and parasites and mould, which I've experienced myself when you get that fear around these things. So it's finding that balance. and, um, And so I guess that's why I've been heading in this direction with my practice and what I'm learning now um to kind of make sure that how i approach gaps with my clients is is really a holistic way where we're looking at the person in the context of their whole
0: life, mm, where have you seen good. people um, come to you with these areas that you've identified as, say, overly stressing or they're, they're worried about the wrong, wrong thing? And um, maybe give us some examples so that people can review their journey to see if they can identify these parts in themselves so that you can help them steer back perhaps to a, a more peaceful way of being balanced. Yeah.
3: Okay, so I've had some clients come to me um and most people know that i've listened to other podcasts that i'm not big on testing but then i can't pay i have clients come to me they're like i did a test i know you don't like tests but it's not that i just strictly don't like testing it's that i don't um hold it at the be all and end all Mm -hmm. like that's how we how we diagnose or find out what's going on and that um, I won't just treat based on the testing, but it can, be, it can still be a valuable tool. So I've had clients come to me that have done testing with other practitioners and there's been something come up in the testing that's quite clearly um, showing something that needs to be supplemented. But then they start supplementing that thing and see, and, you know, one particular case I'm talking about was a child um, and the mother was seeing him go downhill and in, instinctively she was thinking, this isn't right. And all I did in our session was confirm what she intuitively already knew, that if even though the testing is showing that they're needing something, by just going and supplementing it and, and then seeing them getting worse, um, and it wasn't, in a, it wasn't in a case of like, you know, die off just making you worse. They were actually getting worse and, mm. and in a way they weren't coping. And then it's not the right thing to do. So that's the kind of ways that I can see that people can feel like, in with the best intentions, that they need to push through, or they really need to push something, and then, but it's not being of benefit um, if it's pushing too hard. Even if we know it's something that's needed, does the
0: supplement that you're deficient in cause you problems? Any?
3: So if it's pushing you too much basically so this particular case it was there was a clear need for glutathione but when glutathione was supplemented um the child went really far downhill like really you know dark circles under the eyes and um and they're not coping in day-to-day life so um so like that's do you mean like it caused a really hard detox? Is that yeah, so it caused right. a really hard detox that they weren't coping with and that's, mm-hmm. and that's something we need to look at in the way we're approaching gaps that if we're trying to do something that's definitely needed but they're not coping with it. So then say they're not um, socialising well at school, they've got a lot of um, anger and aggression because they're detoxing and they don't feel good, that's not a state you can leave someone in because particularly for a child when they're going to school you know when they're around that age um they're forming friendships they're forming how they view themselves so how people respond to them that's how you form you know your perception of yourself how you treat people how they respond to you so they're forming like their social self so if someone's in a state of just constantly feeling unwell And then not being themselves and being aggressive or angry at school, for example, they're also forming a social view of themselves um, in the context of their life. So that's what we need to take into account as well in how we're approaching it. You know, they're at school, they're learning, um, you know, is that still happening as well? And in this particular case, it was where by not taking the supplement, they were actually doing really well. So there are cases where we do need to push and they're not doing so well, but without they're not doing well either and we know we're making a difference. So it can be really intricate in that sense. But just in general, it's like trying to look overall at the person and thinking, am I having a positive impact here? Is it, is it worth it? Um, is there another approach I could take where they would be doing better and we would still be seeing healing and probably better overall long-term healing
1: would you say for someone who's like just on the beginning of trying to figure out what to do they're at the really overwhelmed stage um like we've often said it's probably best to start working back gently and i know some people are
3: desperate like we were with isaac with the osc and so a case where you should definitely do jump in yeah Um, and,
1: but then we jumped in, and then it became so stressful within a few days that we pulled back to full gaps for a month. Yeah, we worked on reducing our schedule and doing all those other things. And right. full gaps. and then when we went into intro, we didn't have gigantic die-offs and a terrible stressful time in that first two weeks. We had flu-like symptoms, but not anything major. But what I'm seeing um, quite often in the gut health groups. Um, People jump in because they're desperate and that's fair enough um, and they have, like you're saying, the really vicious die-off. Yeah.
3: Um, what would you recommend in those cases? So in those cases, first of all, I'd recommend to see a practitioner Yeah. Um, because that's where you're going to get the best advice of someone that can look at the overall picture and go, okay, this is what I think you should do here mm-hmm. because I see keeping everyone mentally coping and when you're doing it, yeah. It's keeping them on board about what you're doing. I think that is equally as important, if not yeah. more important. Like you need to keep everyone on board, and there's no no one else is putting a timeline on healing for you. So it's like however long it takes and however you need to do it is perfect for you and your family. So I would say work with a practitioner um, and to get some guidance as to what is the best approach, because there is there's definitely cases I say to people. I, you know, I think you would see more benefit if you just push through because in a week you would see so much resolve yeah, that will be over that hard stage. Yeah, everything yeah. would be so much better. But there are definitely situations with my clients when I say no. I think you need to move along a bit more quickly um, and get closer to full gaps and get some more things in. Get some things in that feel a bit more like a treat and feel a bit more exciting to keep them mentally coping and you mentally yeah. coping. You know that's important too and. I just, as I just said, no one else is putting a timeline on your healing and the healing happens as soon as you start to make the changes. It's like, Mm. it's like turning the freight train around. Like as soon as you start to pull it up, even just by bringing your schedule down and taking some stress out of your life, you're starting to pull up that freight train. And then you start to make some changes, positive changes that start to turn that freight train around and get it heading in the other direction. So it's like it it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be certain things you're doing to be doing gaps it's like as soon as you start to make those changes your whole family will be benefiting from that
0: it's also hard for people to understand Mm -hmm. um what the healing has done for them because Mm -hmm. they look at themselves and they go you know i'm still sick and i look at myself and i know for instance and myself (laughs) of 128 those had excellent acne hay fever, I was just completely inflamed and I was pre-diabetic. And I look at myself now and I go, man, I still have some health issues. Hey, like I still have uh, body pain and uh, stiffness in my back and neck and things like that, which which is improving slowly. But why do I still have all these things? And I feel like I haven't healed. But then this was seven years ago when I started my health journey. And if I hadn't made those changes, I would be diabetic by now. I would be So obese, I would not be able to get out of bed. I don't know where. Might I'd have had a heart mentally. attack by now. I might have. So it's very um, people who are on the journey. You can't judge yourself by just mm-hmm. where you are, but also where you would have been had you not started.
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah because good. before you started, you were declining. That's yeah. where we all were before we started our health journey. We were in a decline, and that's it. It's things were gradually getting worse. So even if you've got yourself to a point where things aren't getting worse. You've pulled up the freight train. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. And that takes massive effort. And then it's the big push to turn it around. And like anything, it's the momentum to get it going is the hardest part. And then once it starts moving, you know, you start getting somewhere and it gets easier. You know, I love my analogy. So there's my like <laughs> freight train analogy. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. But, it, you know, and I always kind of see the symptoms we're really seeing is the tip of the iceberg. And healing has to happen at such a deep level for us to see it at the tip of the iceberg. So, like, when you do see a change in how your body's feeling, to me, that's like, and that, like, just think what's happened at a deep level for your body to now show where you can overtly see and people can notice you look different. I can see yeah. a change. I can, you know, so much has happened at a deep biochemical level mm. for us to see that.
2: Wow.
1: It's so encouraging when, after a year, you suddenly go, "Oh wait, look how much I've improved." But you don't see it throughout the year. It's suddenly you. go Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no photo thing. from a year ago and go, "What?"
3: <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like when you see your child growing and yeah. busy, you're going, "Oh my gosh, they've grown so much!" And you're like, "Oh, I hardly noticed." You know, it's exactly that same thing. Yeah. So yeah, I I like I want this conversation for people to feel encouraged by this, not like, "Oh my gosh, I'm doing the wrong thing" because. Um, I think that's the part that I, I really want to reach people about is that feeling like we're not doing it in the right way and like that example you gave through of the single mom with the two kids and that, you know, she's got really bad asthma and what to do about it. You know, if she does know about gaps, there's a chance she would feel like a failure because she can't do it because mm-hmm. she's got so much going on in her life and that's just yeah. not how... Um, I would ever want people to feel about gaps. It's like you just need to, you know, your life is your life and you need to just go, this is where I am. Okay, what is the first step I can take to start heading in that direction? And I would say getting out in the sunshine would be the simplest and easiest first step.
0: My favorite thing. It's just so, so important to recognize something about human psychology. First of all, we're living in an age now where the predominant mood is anxiety. So mm-hmm. we, we're anxious people because, of yeah. course, you know, like domesticated animals living in zoos, really, they, they experience anxiety and chronic illness and things like that. And we're exhibiting the same kind of symptoms of uh, animals in captivity too. So that kind of anxiety that is overwhelming for our life uh, will create a negativity bias, which is the, it's, it's this negativity bias is a concept. And when things are of equal intensity in your life, the things that are more negative, like the unpleasant thoughts or the uh, negative emotions or events, are the things that you that will make you feel um, that these things are more real in your life than the positive things as well. Absolutely. So we'll always be looking at the negatives in our lives rather than the positives. So um, we are going up against our own psychology there. When it comes to healing, because we're already in a sick state, the body has become uh, really, really unwell. Of course, with that, the emotions have uh, come along for the ride, and maybe it's actually it started off with the emotions,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: and then you know moved down to the physical level because they are one thing: the body and the mind. Yeah. And, um, so, so then, what, how do you take this? Um, how do you deal with this problem when people come to you and they? They're not only dealing with the physical issues, but also with the anxiety around their disease. How do you walk them through that journey?
3: So that's st- that's something I'm still working on at the moment. It's something I'm figuring out. I'm actually enrolling in a positive psychology postgraduate degree because <laughs> I've just of been seeing, yes, I'm <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I just love it. Um, but I'm just really seeing this. This is an issue, and I I feel as a practitioner. I want to leave people in a positive psychological state after gaps. I don't want to do gaps and go, okay, we've healed the biochemical, but now you have all these food fears and anxiety Mm. over uh, Mm. parasites and molds and metals and all the things that we're exposed to in our environment. And what I'm seeing is that, and I've already started just doing my own research because, of course, I'm a nerd who likes to sit and read research studies for fun, (laughs) um, is that how we're feeling mentally has very direct correlation with our physical health. So um, when we're more optimistic, that is positively correlated with better mental and physical health and even surgery outcomes and recovery times. So they've done studies which look at, um, how positive people are and what their expectations are about their outcome of a surgery and that those with the better expectations with the, that are more optimistic, and this is for the same kinds of surgery, so it's not that one person knew that their results would be better, it's for the same surgery. So that people with more optimism actually have better outcomes and they've done this study with doctors getting, getting surgery. So because doctors know all the risks, and all the potential negative outcomes, their outcomes are actually worse than people ah. who are autistic. So I, you know, when we're a part of these groups and we're starting to learn more about the symptoms of different conditions like MTHFR, pyroles, parasites, toxic metals, and then start to worry about having those things, our psychology has a huge effect on our physiology. So and and how our body can then cope with those issues. So, um, I yeah, I'm really starting to see that having a positive outlook um, has a has a massive impact on our health outcomes and on our healing journey. Mm.
0: So then, what we become. Um paranoid about everything that we read about at that stage if we read about heavy metals then we think we've got heavy metals because the symptoms line up or if we read about parasites we think we've got parasites is that what you're seeing
3: yeah and and it's not to say that we don't so i've done this myself and i guess that's i i think probably the best part about my health issues that i've had in my life i think it's definitely led to what i do now and every part of the way i practice that I've done it myself. That you start to go down the wormholes of the condition and wormholes and,
0: of parasites.
3: Yes, the wormholes. <laughs> unintended. Um, that when you're starting to look at these things, I would start to get a bit paranoid about them. Learn that I did have the issues, so it's not like you're making it up in your head that you have these issues. But then they become more of an issue because you're focused on it. So. Yeah. And then every every kind of wormhole I've gone down, I pull back, realizing gaps covers this. Like yeah. it's covered if I just take the time and focus on the healing foods and focus on the other things that I need to do. And so um, I think the other things that gaps asks you to do, like slowing down, de-stressing, looking at where you live, looking at what you're exposed to, getting out in the sunshine, the ocean, fresh air. It's really underplayed. It's like this, it's it's. It's put as the secondary. It's like, get all the food right, and then if you've got time, do this stuff. Mm, yeah. I actually want to flip that. I want to say, get all this right, and then once you've got that sorted, then you're ready to do the food. And, you know, that's not the case for everyone like you, Joe, um, with Isaac. You know, you, you we kind want of did
1: it. it all at once then. Yeah, you <laughs> need
3: to start doing something yeah. there, but I guess in the more extreme cases, people are more prepared to stop their life and go, everything needs to go on the back burner here because this is crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I I really feel the things that we kind of see as secondary um, in gaps, they're really the most important. But don't you see that in a lot of people's lives um, they're so
1: bound up in our culture with the busyness and, like, the kids have got to go to every sport and every dance class and every... um, kids' birthday party and, you know, there's just so many things on the social calendar every week and it's kind of like, oh, but you can't pull back. How? Like it's just I'll be doing something bad for my kids. Like do you get that feedback sometimes because I know I have seen that?
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And that's what um, everything's in your own time, like for every person to kind of and so I'll just always talk about the stress talk about adrenal fatigue talk about the stages of adrenal fatigue and what that looks like and i think the thing that hits people the most that hit this hit me the most when i was suffering and have been suffering with adrenal fatigue is that stage three adrenal fatigue is kind of the point at which you're getting very emotional you're getting very tired in the afternoons you're actually probably needing a nap by that stage throughout the day just to kind of get Mm. through the day um you know not coping with cold, um, you know, for me I'd get very shaky. Um so there's all these symptoms, you know, memory, all that kind of thing, all these symptoms of adrenal fatigue. Um and the next stage of adrenal fatigue is when you can't get out of bed. So Mm. I find when I have clients and I know they're getting to that point, I'm pretty like I just tell them how it is because I fear for them and I'm just like I'm just gonna I don't want to scare you, but this is how it is. If you keep pushing adrenal fatigue, so adrenal what's going on in adrenal fatigue is your stress hormones are turned on you know, the tap's turned on full and you're just pouring out. Your body's totally focused on stress hormones. It's not making your sex hormone, you know, it's not focused on your hormones anymore. You start putting on weight and having all the kind of PMS issues. Um, you know, it tells your body it's not safe to have a baby, um, all that kind of thing. So you tot- like your body's overly focused on the stress hormones, but it can't keep doing that. So there'll be a point at which we call burnout where you can't actually get out of bed anymore. So you know, that's kind of, that's what stress looks like. That's what stress does to our body. Stress is a really important response to stressful situations, but it tells our body that our life is in danger and we can't stay in a state of chronic low-grade stress. And I think that is the biggest health issue that we face as a society, stress. is chronic low-grade stress.
0: And, and that's not just biological stress caused by no. parasites, no. toxins, no. Like, all okay. that kind of stuff. We're talking about unsustainable lifestyles. Here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's, even, it's even doing a job you love, but having a very full schedule and busy, busy, busy. Even and being kind tired. of driven. Yeah, even excited, busy every day. But yeah, even that is chronic low-grade stress. Yeah, yeah yeah so and there's and uh, like for a lot of my clients there's things they can't change straight away so I give them lots of ideas to manage that so so even just doing things like some meditation some yoga some breathing exercises that can be that that way that we're just putting the brakes on that freight train you
0: that know, like, like in hunter gatherer societies the the average work day like it's not work as we know it, yeah, but it's about two hours
2: hmm.
0: and yeah. this is this is pretty much uh what we do, and then the rest of it is leisure silence, being alone, or being in community, doing things with the community. Yeah. That's that's what we're built to do. I I,
1: I don't know about the women in the society. I think they were cooking longer than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: the we're going oh, looking like, after
1: the babies
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but, but it, it wasn't it wasn't work
1: it wasn't anymore. like that hard
0: um like it, taking the kids uh, to adrenaline rush thing going shopping and then you yeah. know, coming back cleaning the house doing all that yeah. kind of stuff it yeah. didn't have these types of um ways of yeah, and, yeah. Were, and,
3: and running over conversations in your head that you've had that day like living in the past and the present I mean, past and the future, <laughs> um, you know, where you sit there and go over a conversation with somebody and it's like they can't hear you, you know, you've you already had the conversation uh, and we all do that. I, I yeah, that monkey brain. <laughs> yeah, monkey brain. So and back in when you're talking about the Hanagallara, something, this is something I'm getting really excited about lately. Um, when they were working, when they're out hunting or cooking, their feet were on the earth. They are breathing fresh air, they're in the sunshine, in they community. were in community, they were touching spring water, they were drinking fresh flowing spring water.
0: Um, essential oils from uh, yeah, the as well. That's
3: right, yeah. Out. So And and when we're working, we're sitting in office with our in, front of, carpet, the screen. <laughs> in front of the screen, getting blue light and all this kind of having EMFs. Yeah. So, yeah. something I've been researching and getting pretty excited about is that. We've always kind of thought that our energy just comes from food, but the science shows us and I, I love science, but I love it in a way where I know how much we don't know. And I think every good scientist appreciates and loves science for what it can show us, but also in appreciating what we don't know yet, which is much more than what we do know. But um, something that science has shown us about um, the ways that we can get energy is that, so we've always thought it was from food, you know, food is our source of um, calories. And what food gives us is ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is our energy source. So anyone that studied any science will have probably heard of ATP. And basically, it's like every, every food gets broken down. And the end result of what we want for our body to utilize as energy is ATP. But ATP gets converted to electrons. And that's how we use it. So electrons are actually our body's fuel source, our body's energy source. And science shows us that when we have our feet on the ground, the earth is transferring electrons into our body. So it's not just a woo-woo thing of, oh, when you put your feet on the ground, you're connected to Mother Earth and you feel all this energy. There is science behind this. It's, it's, it's exactly
0: that, but it's... Yeah,
3: uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah is, it is. That. yeah, that's but, right. You know, I, I think sure. people the whole grounding thing yeah, being more yeah. a metaphysical thing. It's, yeah. it, it is it's a metaphysical it's thing. Electrons. yeah. But it is actually electrons travelling from the earth into your body. And electrons are our fuel source. So we are then chart. we're like a battery. We are, We you know, if you get um, electrocuted you know, electrical currents run through our body. We are, we are electrical. We always talk about the biochemical, but we're electrical as well. Um, and that's, you know, that's intercombined, our biochemistry mm. and our electricity. So electrons are what charge us. That's what gives us our energy so we can get them from the ATP that we get from, you know, breakdown of our food sources. Mm. But we can also get it from putting our feet on the earth, from sitting in the sunshine. So sunshine on our skin, that gives us electrons. So does being in the ocean, in water, in water that's flowing, like spring water, Um, and drinking that water, it's actually different to the water we're getting out of our taps. So um, that also charges us with electrons. And so does movement. So movement in a way that's not draining our energy. So not going and doing, you know, F45 every day, five days a week. Yeah. It's movement in a functional way yeah. in short, powerful bursts, um, and always stopping when you're tired. So it's like oh, good. you're not recovering quickly; you stop. Um, so it's never pushing too hard, and you know that's the way we would have done it. So I have
1: to, I have to tell you about my new exercise
3: regime, Elise, and
1: see if you approve. Yes. Go oh, no. I ask me what you thought. Um, so we have a, a local waterfall that's our swimming pool. I don't know yeah. if I took you there. You know Melanda Falls? Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got these like c- cement steps that are quite long um, on both sides. So I'm yeah. running down the steps and around and then up the steps on the other side and down and around and back up the steps on the other side. And that's enough exercise for me. And then I sit by the waterfall. (laughs) Yeah,
3: how long does it take? And the
1: only, you know, like I'm probably moving for about 10 minutes, but some of it's quite hard. Perfect. And I feel like I'm not killing myself, but I'm getting that movement in and then you feel quite energised. And then I might still go for a walk in the afternoon with the dog if I have time. But Perfect. You know, it's yeah. for me, I can't do long, drawn out no, exercise that makes me feel yeah. achy for
3: days because yeah. then I just stop. I don't do no it anymore. Yeah. So, we're not designed to do that. So, mm. what you're doing is perfect. It's the running after the animal when you're hunting it. Mm. You know, it's and sitting by birth. the waterfall afterwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and having some new time. Yeah. So, um, that's perfect. It's, we yeah. should be doing those short bursts of exercise. So, if you like riding a push bike, yeah, and you do yeah. sprints on your bike. If you like running, you do sprints. You do sprints on the beach. If you like hill sprints, you do hill sprints. But the more strenuous, the shorter time you'll do it for yeah. because say like I usually do, I do beach sprints. So I'll yeah. just kind of, you know, guesstimate around 50 meters and I'll just sprint back and forth and I'll do, I'll do a sprint and then I'll walk back and I'll recover. And as soon as it takes me like more than a minute to recover, I don't do any more.
1: Yeah. Because your body's done then. That's what I do when I go for walks too. I do yeah. short bursts of sprinting.
3: Yeah. So and if you don't feel like exercising because your body actually doesn't feel up to it, you don't do it. Yeah. You know, exactly. so you don't push yeah, that kind of thing. And if you're doing things where you're, you know, so today when I do a beach sprint, I've got my feet in the sand, so I'm getting electrons from that. I'm doing the movement that I'm getting my electrons from. I'm in the sunshine and I'll jump in the ocean afterwards. It's like perfect. Beautiful. Um so yeah, so that's a re- I, I just feel like that's a really important thing that Gaps does talk about. Doctor Natasha tells us to get out in the sunshine. Yeah. And to um, you know, Reduce toxins like EMS is that's radiation that puts pressure on our immune system, um, you know, getting in the sunshine, getting in the ocean, fresh air, um, earthing. So there's a reason for this and I, I would encourage people to make that their first focus, bring that into their lives as, as more important than focusing on the food, which is really important. So that just shows how important this stuff is. It's such um, an important first step, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that I just feel mm. like you can't be doing one without the other. That but if you're doing if- more food and not doing any of this, I feel like you have mm. really. You're missing out on this massive part of healing.
1: And you know what I love about it is it brings such joy. Like when I take time out of my day and go and sit in the sun and just stare at the trees and listen to the birds, oh, it just it makes so me so much easier happy. You. <laughs> I know, I can just and imagine. Some days, <laughs> come on, Paul, I'd be nice. I <laughs> some I days, <laughs> I, when it's, you know, some days I'll go and sit in the sun five times. And it may yeah. be five or ten minutes at a time. Sometimes it's longer, but it's just some days you're tired and you just feel like yeah. you need it. You need it. and Joe I do
0: it. as well now in, in the morning, like whenever we can manage it, sometimes we don't, but instead of having our catch-up meeting every day on looking at a screen and, you know, looking at the things that we need to do, we go for a walk. We put on the earphones yeah. and we go for a walk down the road and we talk about the, the business stuff. So we get, you know, things... Uh, and, and actually, it's a much nicer conversation. Joe, have you noticed? Know, yeah, and
2: it's
1: well, it's really creative.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and relaxed
1: really, and
3: yeah. Um, yeah, joyful, I guess. And, and it yeah, really and was... then if you've got more joy and you're feeling better, your optimism about your yes. physical and mental health is going to be better, and therefore, those outcomes are going to be exactly. better. So there's like another avenue that it's feeding into the healing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I think it's so important. Um, have you guys heard of Wim Hof?
0: Yes, I, I followed his work for years now. Yeah, I used to do ice baths and uh, all that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, so Ugh. Wim Hof, he's <laughs> like I, I get really excited about this. I'm just like, I'm just going to tell you. So we, we might okay. have to spend a bit of time on Wim Hof. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Everyone kind of looks at Wim Hof like he's this superhuman, and he's the first to say, "No, I'm not, and anybody can do this." Um, and I think that's amazing because anybody can do what he's doing. So those who don't know Wim Hof, he is this. They call him the Ice Man, oh, yes. and he, um, yeah, he could, he's like climbed Everest in a pair of shorts mm-hmm. and um, does, does all these amazing, incredible things. But you know, swimming in ice, you know, swimming under ice. I can't
0: walk in, like down the road in a pair of shorts for good, uh,
3: in the Blue Mountains. Yes. Yes.
0: Just out of modesty, more than <laughs>
3: <laughs> um so yeah so he's doing these incredible things with his body that scientists say is not physiological poss- physiologically possible so it's not that it's um they're saying that it's in physiologically incredible they're saying that it's impossible for a human yeah. body to actually be able to do this and he's proving that it is and he's saying it, that, that it's is is possible not- yeah, that is possible and that not because he's superhuman but because he's following techniques that he doesn't even claim to be his own. He says people have been doing it for thousands of years. So he does some breathing techniques and um, cold water thermogenesis which is like the ice baths and stuff that Pooh was just talking about. Um, so um, And so just to prove that it's not because he's superhuman he actually got 12 guys and over, I think it was just four days, he trained them in his techniques. And then after that four days, he took them to climb this mountain in the snow, minus 27 degrees. They had all doctors and everything with them to make sure they're all okay and they all did it in shorts. And they, were all, they all did an amazing job. And it's something that the doctors were saying is not possible mm. um, because of the way our autonomic immune system will respond to that, but they were, is possible. Um, so they've you know hooked Wim Hof up to all these different um, kind of testing machines and stuff to see what his body's doing in these situations um, and putting him in you know ice baths and seeing what his body's doing and they're showing that with his breathing technique he is actually affecting his autonomic nervous system and his innate immune system so anyone that has studied um, biochemistry um, you know physiology that kind of thing we're always taught in every textbook that our autonomic, immune, our autonomic nervous system, our immune system, they are out of our conscious control, that we have no control over them, that they just do, they just do their thing. You know, our digestion, our immune response, all that kind of thing is completely out of our control, uh, out of our conscious control. So what Wim Hof has done is proven that to not be true. That so it what's is the, what's within the our mechanism control.
0: of his work, uh, if you want to explain that to people?
3: So by doing the breathing exercise that he teaches, which is like hypoxia, it's Um, over-oxygenating. I I guess people can go and have a look at, look him up. So Wim Hof is W-I-M and then second word H-O-F. So they can look him up. There's so much stuff out there about how, you know, how to do the breathing exercise. But by doing the breathing exercise, um, they're actually changing their biochemistry and their immune response. So, he, those 12 guys that he took to do that mountain climb in the minus 27 degrees, he also, they volunteered to do a study in a hospital where they're injected with a bacterial endotoxin. Don't do this um, at home, guys. Sorry? <laughs> Don't, Don't do, do this, this at, at home. <laughs> home. Don't do this at home, yes. That's right. So they were voluntary, healthy individuals that had just very short-term introduction to his methods not something they trained in a long time it was only four days he just taught them the methods and so they did this they did the breathing exercise um before being injected with this bacterial endotoxin and this bacterial endotoxin what that would normally cause is severe nausea headaches and uncontrollable shaking and muscle cramps and aches and um, things like that, and so they did have a control group. So hats off to the control group because they were just being injected with it, knowing full well that Ugh. they
0: would have the, all the symptoms. Goes against the do no harm concept oh. in medicine.
3: Yeah, yeah, they were they were volunteers. I guess they were. Um, they were. Um, yeah, that they were open to the. You know, they wanted to see the results. Yeah. Um, so they were dedicated to the process. So what they found was that when these guys were injected with the Bacterial endotoxin. So before, so sorry, before they're injected with it, when they're doing their breathing exercises, um, they saw a distinct um, increase in their epinephrine. So epinephrine—that's a fancy word for adrenaline—and that is like the first step of our immune response. The norepinephrine and epinephrine—that's like launches our um, leukocytes and and things like that—and and starts to get our immune response happening. So just by doing the breathing exercise we we're seeing a raise in the epinephrine um, response which is a really good sign and it was seeing Isn't an increase it stress
0: in- hormone I don't understand how that's good if that goes up So
3: that's where stress is good we need we do need stress in our body stress does launch our immune response but in chronic okay. stress we're launching an immune immune response that we don't need Okay so this in this case there was a stressor which was the bacterial endotoxin so a stress response was elicited that's that's life saving
0: but okay. Sorry, sorry this, this happened before the bacteria was introduced? The so
3: they, so by doing the breathing exercise, uh, exercises, they were raising the adrenaline okay. to then cope with
0: the stress. And okay, so, so then when the stress was introduced, the adrenaline was already peaking or something like
3: yeah, that? Yeah, so that the immune response could be elicited. So, mm-hmm. And then there was also an increase in anti-inflammatory cytokines. So cytokines are just something that's launching our immune system. So the anti-inflammatory ones were also raised um, as well. True. And then there was a decrease in the pro-inflammatory cytokine production and a decrease in symptoms. And this, why is that important? I get, sorry?
0: And why is that important, the cytokine?
3: Okay, so I get really excited about the whole <laughs> pro-inflammatory cytokines thing. I know a lot of you probably don't get excited when you hear that. Um, <laughs> the reason that's so exciting is because pro-inflammatory cytokines they're central to all immune diseases. Mm-hmm. So everyone, like all autoimmune diseases. So everyone with an autoimmune disease has their body is pro-inflammatory cytokines when it doesn't need to. So to, it, it's not responding to a stress. It's just producing them and attacking the body. So that's what's happening in autoimmune diseases, these pro-inflammatory cytokines. <laughs> um, and by doing this Wim Hof method, there was a decrease in those so a decrease in inflammation in the body. And so this all led to them not having the symptoms. So this all was it's groundbreaking, this research. And I don't know why everyone isn't talking about it. But it's free. <laughs> um, it is it's free. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's free. It's groundbreaking. It's like they are impacting their autonomic, their innate immune response. Wow. And what are a lot of people who are doing gap suffering with? They're yeah. suffering with viral bacterial, parasitic um, infestations, infections, and now we know that we can actually impact the way our body is responding to those so that you can... So through breathing you can... Improve. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I guess I won't give an example of the breathing right now, but you can look at how to do it and it's basically just... It's kind of like hyperventilating the way he does it, but you do need to, you know, go watch. So is this
1: why your body naturally hyperventilates when you're going through stress, do you think? Is this why your body trying to do this? Yeah,
3: probably, yeah. But it's just, it's so incredible. And so, um, yeah, so these guys have just proven that it, yeah, I'm I'm just going to keep repeating it because I'm just so excited. Well,
1: I'm, I'm curious about the, so this guy, Wim Hof, how
3: he does the freezing cold stuff so he breathes first or during so during so it's like you can then get your body to withstand the cold and like he like he does this to groups of people that are freaking out about getting in the cold and they do the breathing exercise and then they can get in the cold with no problem and basically the kind of what getting in the cold the whole cold water thermogenesis does it that helps our immune system it makes us is it or something yeah well it kind of strengthens it Um, and it makes us burn the white fat and build more brown fat so if you've heard of kind of the white Mm. fat fat being the brown fat's what babies have that's the really healthy stuff so being in that cold water thermogenesis um helps all that um and yeah really helps our immune system so but it's the breathing that is really having an impact like it's what was used in that study um yeah. So,
1: so would you say that this breathing is helpful for people with anxiety? Definitely.
3: Mm. Yeah, definitely. We, it's
0: good for people with anxiety.
1: Yeah, well we were um talking about with Becky the other day about the um importance of deep breathing for anxiety. Um but this isn't exactly deep breathing, this is a bit different.
3: Yeah, it is a little bit different, but um it would definitely help. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think that's so exciting because what we're dealing with um, a lot of the time in GAPS is stuff to do with, it's, it's to do with our immune system. It's to do with autoimmunity. It's everyone in GAPS is dealing with that. Even if you don't have yeah, yeah. an kind of autoimmune condition, um, it's kind of what underlies GAPS. Everyone's kind of got something autoimmune going on. So yep. we can bring down inflammation and increase our um, anti-inflammatory response just by doing something like this Wim Hof breathing method. And that's exciting because that could be the first step someone takes. Yeah. To know that And when with the cold water thermogenesis, it, it can just be, you can start with just putting your face into a bowl of cold water with a bit of ice. And cold showers, yeah. Yeah, and cold showers. So, you know, culture, cold showers could kind of be the next step if, Yeah. Okay, Dylan. All right. Yeah, Dylan's just filling me in on the termite guy that's out front. checking it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so for some people that don't want to go jump straight in the cold shower, so you could just start with face in a bowl of cold water. Mm-hmm. um and that could be kind of you know working with it but I, I do encourage people to go and look at the Wim Hof method because he teaches to do the breathing Definitely and the cold water um immersion but yeah so that's I think that's huge And it's
0: actually not as bad as people think it is.
3: no it's not so I've been doing it mm-hmm. lately as well and it's when you do the breathing first it just changes the way your body responds to it and it's incredible what our I'm, body gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that can oh, you think? Nice.
1: cold water up there? <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, we get frost up here.
3: <laughs> Not at the yeah, right. Yeah, I remember last retreat. It was.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we got a bit cold, didn't we? Yeah.
0: On <laughs> um, one day, year, what was it?
1: If I jump in the waterfall, then I will freeze. So yeah. I'll try this well, before I think. Like yeah. I had. For most of the year, I don't swim here unless it's Lake Eachim because that's warm, but the yeah. waterfalls are just so cold, I can't bear it, so I'm going to try this.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, have a look, watch how he does the kind of breathing. Yeah. You do the breathing first and then you and then you get in the water okay. and you'll feel amazing. So you'll get all those electrons. So, okay. Yeah, it's incredible. What, so, what yeah, I think the
0: early step is after you have your shower, turn off the hot water. Yeah, yeah.
3: I've
1: yeah. done that plenty of times, but yeah. yeah. That's an yeah. easier step for
2: sure.
3: Yeah, so I was doing cold water thermogenesis as a teenager and didn't even really know why. But I was doing it because my skin was so bad that oh. um, I thought that maybe standing under cold showers would make oh. it better. Was it eczema, you mean? Uh, no, acne. Oh, yeah, so acne, I thought that it would close the pores and maybe I wouldn't get so much acne. So I used to, it'd be the middle of winter. I don't even think my mum knows I used to do this. I'm oh. sure to this podcast so now Even the middle of winter in Sydney, I would oh. get in short school and I'd have a freezing cold shower. Oh, you poor thing. It's completely cold, no hot, because I thought it would close my pores and that I wouldn't get, acne might get better. <laughs> well, I used to do it as a teenager, but just...
1: Um, after I'd had my shower, I'd have the freezing cold shower because apparently it makes your hair shiny because it closes oh. the pores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: the things we do. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I hope, I hope that like this kind of leaves people feeling encouraged because yeah, it does. I think when the food can feel hard and when you feel like you're not getting it all right or if you're doing everything with the food and you feel like you're not getting anywhere, there is so many other things we can be doing that have a massive impact on our health. And I think because food goes in your body, it, it seems to be, feel like the most important. Um, but yeah, there's things we can do and they're free. And
1: they bring joy.
3: They're exactly, which has massive mm. on your health.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I know I've been talking a bit about this with the food side of things as well, that um, people get so caught up in the rules and, uh, you know, you hear this, but it's not GAPS legal and yeah. all this kind of stuff, you know, that and fair Ooh. enough, you sometimes have to be really the
0: GAPS police. I <laughs> no. wondered no. what that noise Sir, is. I see you are having a sweet potato. You uh,
1: ate a rice cracker. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we get so caught up in these um rules and regulations and it becomes so overwhelming and then when you go to have something that's a treat even if it's nourishing you feel guilty and you shouldn't like you should be able to have a nourishing delicious whole food treat and enjoy it. and it should bring joy not guilt (laughs)
3: yeah i think you know i think we we laugh about this because we've all been there yeah Um, and i have been there it's funny when you say sweet potato i had like this (laughs) incredible fear of sweet potatoes uh, um and there's you know there's good reason why we all get like that because when you know food was causing you such an issue and then you change Mm -hmm. it and you see how much you get better of course there's this incredible fear of you know, that could make me really sick. What if I go back with... Yeah, and for some people, just even even full-gaps food could make them really, really sick. So there's good reason why the fear's there, but that's just something I want to work on with people, Um, that seeing what else is really important and how, how we can help our body to better cope. So by doing these kind of things, by the things we talked about, like reducing the ENS, earthing, sunshine, ocean movement, breathing, the Wim Hof method, that there are other ways besides food that have a massive impact on how our body can then cope with things so that whilst we're doing gaps, our body's in the best position to get the most healing. Absolutely. So I'm can you...
0: My eating is better as well. Well, Let's- that's just my experience. <laughs> yeah well
3: that's true
0: fasting is is a big big part of my healing journey, but it's yeah. not for everybody and um when I fast and i'm out, my like I feel really wonderful after a few days of fasting and being in nature that's just mm. one of the the best things that kickstarts me again after you know feeling if I'm going downhill a bit, that really really helps mm. me a
3: lot. yeah and for people that are suffering with fatigue, like chronic fatigue, that's where the mitochondria, which is the energy center of the cells, just aren't functioning very well. Fasting gives those mitochondria the best opportunity to, you know, stop treading water and to kind of get ahead. Mm. So, yeah, fasting really is good for that. So, but again, I'd encourage people to talk to a practitioner before they start.
1: Isn't it interesting though how our bodies tell us to do these, all these things? Our bodies tell us to do this. And if we're really tuned in, listening and um, not just so busy in life that we don't listen to our bodies. We start yeah. to do these. Like for instance, when I get really stressed, um, one of the things I'll want to do is sit in the sunshine. Another is sleep, and another is um, get out and exercise. That fast bursts of exercise, even if it's gardening or a, a massive clean up in the kitchen or a big walk or something like that. And it's it's all the sorts of things that you've been talking about that help with stress. And that's just a natural response in my body.
3: Yeah, because you're getting those stress hormones and your body wants to use them. Yeah,
0: but Joe, don't forget, like, you're a bit more tuned into your body than you've been before, like, in the past. Mm-hmm. So now you recognize this, the signals. Mm-hmm. So when You do this, or do that. You know what your body's trying to tell you. But I mean, that's
1: what I've, I've always done, though, when I've felt stressed. I've always yeah. done for those things. It,
0: it hasn't okay. been like that for me. So I've, I've uh, um, only, you know, in the past few years of really tuning back into my body have I started understanding... When the when my body tells me, uh, you've got to be outside, you've got to be in the sunshine. I didn't know before, and mm. the signal would come. I didn't know what it, asked, yeah. what it asked me to do because it wasn't part of my life.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it's important for those of you out there to start. You know. Doing these steps, making it a part of your life. And then you'll start understanding that what the request is the request is saying, you know, go swim in something cold or go Mm. get some sunshine, get some fresh air, do this, you know, move your body, sweat a little bit. Once you have that, your body will start informing you again because there'll be a clear language of Mm. of you have experience with.
2: That's
1: good.
0: Um, Is Elise still there? Yes. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> She's so quiet.
1: Okay.
0: Well, uh, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll, there's a lot more to talk about, so we'll probably leave it for another podcast. We'll do another one soon. <laughs> yeah. It's really great.
3: Yes, I know. You guys don't keep me away for very long. <laughs> well, we better not keep you away from Dylan
1: for yeah. too long because he's
3: waiting to play.
0: Um,
1: yes, he is. <laughs> but
3: before I go, can I can I tell everyone about a few things I've got going Please on? Please do. Thank you. So um, I am starting up some group coaching. Um, and this is pretty exciting because I want to try and take that whole building a community aspect and and do that with some um, working with a group of clients together, so a group of families together. So taking on five families um, and we've got applications open for that. I was going to try and start it next Monday, but it's not going to happen um, <laughs> Because of you know because you'll be treat. sitting in the sunshine right there. Yes, exactly, and with <laughs> retreat and everything, and I've just moved house and so there's been a lot going on. So we've still got the applications open for that. So we're just taking five families and we're making, you know, making sure they're a good fit for doing the group coaching. So if anyone's interested in that, they can head over to um, elisecummerford dot com. And then I've got um, in the work with me section, and we've also got a gaps camping trip coming up. Oh, um, I want to go to that. Super exciting! I'm oh, always invited. Like <laughs> Please come. So October school holidays and such a good idea. And everything, mm. yeah, all the dates and everything are on the website as well in the work with me section under Gaps Camping Trip. Do you want to explain a little bit about how that works? What so, way- we're holding it in Ballina, South Ballina, at a campsite there. And the way it's, what, what, well, the way we're doing it is we're just kind of like, you know, we're booking out the campsite and going, okay, everyone can just book their own site. Um, and bring all their own food and bring all their own cooking equipment, bring their tent, bring their family. So just like you were going on your own camping trip. But I'm going to be there and my um, colleague Stephanie Meads, who's another fantastic GAPS practitioner. She's going to be there as well and we'll be supporting everyone doing intro. So we haven't yet decided. We're just going to see with the applications we get whether we'll all be starting stage one together or just at any point on intro, wherever's right for the families that are there, which I think is probably more what we'll do. And we want to be teaching those principles, so the sunshine, the nature, the grounding, um, the, you know, not being exposed to EMFs and that kind of thing. So there'll be a lot of that involved. We'll also be doing all the cooking stuff. So we'll be running talks, um, you know, different talks on different points in gaps, um, We'll be doing cooking demos. So basically we're there to support these families as they're doing intro with their families. And while doing that, we're building that community. There's going to be these connections made, all these kids that are all doing it together. Our kids will all be there who have all done GAPS. So, that you know, one of the things when you do GAPS is it's so lonely mm-hmm. um, and you feel like you're the only person doing it. So, um, you know, we're doing it in this way to kind of build that, well, you know, we're all in it together as we do. And it's a seven day trip. And the way I got the idea for that was I actually, a friend of mine really needs to do gaps with their son. So we went camping and my son and I did intro with them again to help them do it. And it was so much easier. Mm. Just that feeling of we're in it together and the kids coped with it so much better. It was just, it was a really good experience. And we were in nature and we were going for walks and we were going swimming and um, it was You're just, away from all the things yeah, that would usually stop yeah, you from doing. Yeah, and I've done intro lots of times now in lots of ways, um, and that is the best experience I've had with it. And so that as soon as we did it, I was like, I need to do. You need to do gaps camping trips. And another really important factor in it is that we're keeping it cost effective by yeah. having people bring all their own cooking stuff, responsible for making their own food and buying, and will help everyone source everything. So. Um, we'll be telling people where in the local area they can get everything. We'll, we can, you know, go on shopping trips together and kind of make sure everyone's got everything and know what they need to bring and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, the idea is that we're keeping it cost-effective. So, um, so yeah, it's on the website under Work With Me. You'll find GAPS Camping Trip and you can find out more info. And we're taking just applications and then we're calling people and finding the families that are most suited um, to come along on the camping trip. So we're just taking um, eight families on that trip.
2: Um,
3: um,
0: it's really great idea. How many yeah. you have, have you had uh, a lot sign up? Is the eight spots still available now? So, so
3: we haven't filled any spots yet because we've okay. just been taking all the applications
2: okay. and
3: then we're going to start filling spots. So we haven't started filling, we haven't confirmed anybody yet, but we've had lots of applications. But we're still taking more because we want to, basically we want to find families that, um, that are best suited to kind of be doing gaps in that kind of environment. So um, people that need much more like real one-on-one support with big issues, like, you know, they're probably not best suited to come on a camping trip. So we're just finding the families that are most suited to do gaps with us in that way um, so that we can kind of, yeah, work with those families. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm, to do it's it really good. Uh, Becky actually told Dr. Natasha about it, and Dr. Ah. is really excited and thinks it's wonderful. Ah. So that was really exciting. That's cool. Maybe yeah. she'll turn up.
1: <laughs> oh, amazing! <laughs> send her an invite. Yeah,
3: no, I'll yeah, send her an invite. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's it'll be something that we're we're going to be doing again and again because I think it's, it's really needed, and I oh, mean, people have been asking for.
2: Beautiful.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll put links to your website in the show notes and we'll have you again soon to continue this conversation, I'm sure. Thank
3: you. Thank you, Elise. Thank you. love talking to you guys. Yeah, you too. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, see ya. Bye.